This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little blue cheese crumbles. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, I wanted to say a few things. One, this is kind of a just me or everyone, and yet I didn't do it in the segment. I hate plain water. I'm trying to think if I've ever brought that up on this show. If I am forced to drink just water, it is as if there is nothing that's liquid that I can drink at all. I would ra- I will I will um die of thirst before drinking water. That might be an exaggeration, but I just don't like it. Have I talked about it before? You're nodding, Gary. I think you have, but it's hard for me to differentiate between this show and just knowing you and yeah. other shows. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we've discussed that before when somebody was asking you to taste your water. Right. That <laughs> sounds like a euphemism. But Gary's referring to these um, sodas that I drink, which are they're sparkling water beverages and they have flavoring and they're super artificial tasting, but calorie free and caffeine free. Um, because I enjoy the taste of things that are very artificial. Anyway, I think it's time for uh, iTunes Comment of the Week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments, and don't forget to click five stars. All right, this one comes from thintheherd.net. Oh, and warning, if you're eating something, put it down. It's titled, Hilarious Makes Me Horny. Allison, the next time you poop, please freeze it and send it to me so I can put it in my butt and poop it out later. <laughs> I will also accept your underpants following a long bike ride, walk, or workout so I can boil and make tea with. Thanks and keep it up. Well, thank you, you seductive devil. I'm going to ask a question. I don't want the answer to it. Do people really do that? Gary, you can give me your assessment. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. People are sick fucks. The re- I, don't I know. know. The reason I don't want the answer to it is because I don't want anyone to send any sort of link with information unless the information is, no, they don't. Here's a lot of ducklings. No, they don't. Here's a lot of puppies. But if there's any sort of anything else, don't send it. I don't want to know. Nor do I. And you know what? Spe- I mean, I just talked about how I don't want to drink water. Tea made out of post-workout underwear, that would just taste like hot water. At least mine would, to be quite honest. You look like you're a puke. Uh, yeah, I don't... How did we get here? <laughs> the iTunes comment. It's something that one of our lovely fans wanted to share with us. Thank you for clicking five stars. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Please tell all your friends... Yeah, if you have friends, <laughs> please tell them. All right. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank we you. We appreciate it. We, we do. It really... So much. All right. Um, I think it is time for fan phone call. We will be calling Tara. Wait, I forgot to say that if you want your comment to be iTunes Comment of the Week, just leave us a good comment and click five stars. And by the way, we prefer comments that aren't disgusting. Just an FYI. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. We cannot catch a break today, Gary. Hello, Tara, or is it Tara? I don't know, but this is Allison Rosen from Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, and it's also Gary, and we're calling 
um, because you're the person we're calling for a fan phone call, but it didn't even ring. It went straight to voicemail, which I think means her phone is off, right, as opposed to when you send to voicemail? Correct. Okay. Perhaps you're underground. Perhaps you're taking some kind of tube or channel. I doubt it, but it could happen. Maybe your phone died. That happened to me this morning. Do we have any indication of whether it's Tara or Tara from the spelling? A T-A-R-A? That could be either. And now we'll never know. Today is fueled by this mystery. I'm going to hang up now so that we don't use up her entire thing E. Oh, did you already hang up? Okay, goodbye, Tara. <laughs> Even though we already hung up. Or Tara, I'm going to hang it up over here. This has been a seamless fan phone call. Let's try Ben. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Ben Coleman. Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Sup, Ben. It's Allison Rosen of Allison Rosen's Union Best Friend and Gary. We're calling you um, as part of the fan phone call segment, the segment on my show, which truly allows me to interact with the listeners. That's you. It's going great. Unfortunately, you didn't answer the phone. You're probably busy. It also seems that you have some kind of accent. I would have liked to find out what kind of accent that is. Now I'll never know. Thanks a lot, Ben. Goodbye. Well, you win some, you lose some. Today, we're just 0 for 2. Yeah, that's pretty hurting. <sighs> what kind of accent do you think that was? I don't know. I don't like to speculate. I know. And it, it was <sighs> our chance to speak with someone who could have had all kinds of stories. You Whatever. never know. I know. It could have been a cornucopia. I know. A horn of plenty of interestingness. And here's the thing. In real life, or in non-podcast life, when I'm calling someone and it goes to voicemail, sometimes I'm like, this is okay with me because now I'm avoiding that white-hot panic of interaction. However, now on the show when it goes to voicemail, so I, I feel a little bit of loss. I'm, I'm mourning. I'm mourning the chance to speak with Tara and Ben because it'll never come again. Sure, you might say we could just call them again, but are we going to? Most likely not. Because that's just how this show is. Anyway, I uh, want to tell you guys about our good friends over at GoToMeeting. This would be our good friends over at Citrix. We love them and we love GoToMeeting because it allows you to meet with your coworkers or with family members. You can meet with anyone, really, without actually having to be in the same physical space as them, which is super convenient and liberating and allows you to conduct business from the privacy of... A conga line, Lost Continent of Atlantis, Disneyland, or any amusement park, really. I don't mean to call out a specific one. Pantsless, in a hot tub or jacuzzi, or from a sauna, although I feel like that would be detrimental to whatever sort of device you're using to connect with your meeting partners, probably a computer or iPad. Um, but you can see each other HD, crystal clear quality, of course you can hear each other, and you can even um, collaborate on documents, you can give someone else control of your screen, so any sort of work that you could get done in person, you can get done with GoToMeeting, and it is really convenient, and you don't have to uh, spend any time in traffic, which is someone who has spent 
um, probably three quarters of my life in traffic, and I'm not even exaggerating, except maybe a tiny bit. That is a huge uh, relief. And you can even host a meeting from an iPad, which is awesome as well. Start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. My listeners can try it free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code ALLISON. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code ALLISON. Try it free today. All right, you guys. Here it is. Part one of my interview with Jim Jeffries. Um, it was really interesting sitting down with him. He's a really funny guy. Gary and I were laughing a lot, and then also we were moved in parts. I'm speaking for Gary, but I'm assuming that he was laughing and was moved. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. I laughed a lot. Yeah. And there were definitely insightful parts of it as well. That's right. I mean, let's not give the whole thing away. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. I'm not a pro like you. I won't co-sign that. Oh, that's very sweet. I just, I it took just, me a second to realize what that meant, but yeah, I like that. I it. just took Thank that you. and I made a circle and a slash right through it. Aw, Thank but you. But I had my fingers crossed behind my back. Oh. Just kidding. Opposite day. <laughs> I, God, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could reach into some kind of bag of third grade references. Not it. No give backs. That's all I got. You guys, that is a glimpse of uh, my maturity level and my sense of humor. Okay, I am uncomfortable now, and uh, here comes the episode, I Love You. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and I'm sitting here with Jim Jeffries. Hello. And a lot has happened since you've come in. You explained that you're kind of hung up, or no, you you were drunk when we asked you to do the podcast? You are, you no, know, you asked me to do the podcast very long ago when yeah. I was here with Adam, and, and then I said yes, and then you confirmed, and I said sure, but I was drunk when I confirmed. Oh. I just looked back, back on that other text. I, w- I, 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 I did want to come, I just, I'm a bit late. <laughs> Whatever. I feel like we're already off to a terrible start. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I'm just kidding. But wait, when when did was the surprise party for you? Oh, I'm, I I turned 36 on Valentine's Day. Oh, happy birthday in a few days. I I complained to my girlfriend that it's a shitty time to have a birthday because all your friends are out with their girlfriends or or husbands or whatever. And so I I, I had never had a party and I, I wouldn't want to organize one because then you you have to ask people like yeah come, come and celebrate and also thirty six is a boring birthday you mm-hmm. should only celebrates forties thirty five thirty right, you know right. and so she organized uh, a uh, surprise party and I was I was generally surprised but my girlfriend I bought some cowboy boots just on a whim about two weeks earlier so she decided to make it cowboy themed. Imagine what would have happened if you had bought some other kind of shoe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it was all bales of hay, and everyone wow. everyone looked like a, a little Sadie Hawkins dance. They looked a little bit like like those plastic cowboy hats. They looked like Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> uh-huh. No one, no one really got right into it. Then there was the occasional person who just rocked up with a bandana around their neck. That was right. the effort they put in. How did you feel about that? I look. It's 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 an amazing thing a surprise party because you go. You go, oh, these are the people who liked me. And then you start going, where's this person? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why, in general, 
I always find it best if if it turns out that I have to work on my birthday yeah. because otherwise I turn into this like weird, greedy, social bean counter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I just want to – well, actually, no. I go the other way though because then I start to feel bad if like – because I think, oh, I'd, maybe I'll just go out with like one person or two people or three. And then I start to think, well, no, but that person will feel bad if I don't and that. And then all of a sudden I'm like trying to plan the most awkward dinner party ever. Also, I, I have to – I'm a ter- I never wish people a happy birthday. I never bother. I'm, I'm a horrible person. So why should anyone wish it to me? You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, but it was, very, it was very nice. And But a lot of people from my TV show turned up and I feel legit like on FX legit on FX 1030 Thursdays and um, critically acclaimed legit on FX mm-hmm. but we need we need ratings to get renewed uh, and yeah. it's it's on Valentine's Day so I wonder if that'll hurt us but I, well, I can't all you Nielsen box folk I make up my listenership. Exactly. Tune in. It, it, th- we get ratings like this. So they go, you just went up in 18 to 34-year-old men. You went dramatically down in women. And you're like, how do they fucking know? How do they know? I don't know. Yeah. But we have to get I, – I think they want men from 18 to 34 in FX because all the adverts on my show are car insurance and Taco Bell. You that's know, sick. so it's like that's what they're trying to sell it to, yeah. young men. Um. So wait, but how did how did she pull off this surprise party? She um, and were you really surprised? We, we still have two episodes to edit, and so the director said, "Oh, you got to come out to the editing room," and then he made me edit for a little while, and mm-hmm. uh, then I came back, and I, I was genuinely surprised. I actually drove up to my house and went, "Oh, there's a lot of cars parked out here. Someone's <laughs> having a party." You know, I didn't it even was think. For you, yeah, it, did... threw, it threw me off because it wasn't actually my birthday. It was it was several days before my birthday, but it was it was very nice. And we uh, did you almost cry or anything? Um, I no, but it it is just shock, and I think people expect a speech or something. But I just sort of just sort of wander around in a daze, and I hadn't been drinking for a couple of months. And she bought a big margarita machine, one of those big Slurpee machines, mm-hmm. and, and fill it up. So I thought, well, you know, I, I can't get into too much trouble in my own house. And? Just, no, I got wasted. <laughs> I got wasted and crawled up the stairs and fell asleep and had a ha- terrible hangover. Why? Why hadn't you been drinking for a couple of months? Um, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, the hangovers are getting too much for me now, really, to to do. So it used to be that I got drunk at shows and then the the flights back with a hangover is terrible, mm-hmm. you know. So I just thought I'd give it a bit of a rest. And I'm doing so much press for the TV show that I didn't want to be unreliable and show up late. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It, it's totally okay. I, I didn't mean to give you a hard time about it or anything. I just wanted to bring up the stuff that had happened before, before we turned the mics on. Because also you said that you were going 10-pin bowling tonight. I'm going 10-pin bowling. And, yeah. I, and then I took a, a stab at it and I said, is that just bowling? And then you said, what do you call it? And I said, we call it bowling. Yeah, but lawn bowls is very popular in Australia. Right. So, okay. And in Britain as well, they call it 10-pin bowling, yeah. There's a, yeah. There's, a, there's a joke that I got a bowl – I got a job at a bowling alley. I think I can't remember who says this joke. I got a joke. I got a job at a bowling alley. It's not full time. It's ten pin. <laughs> right? Like, like so. That joke obviously wouldn't work here in America. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, well, if they listen to this podcast first, it would. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who did that. I want to give the credit to the guy. Tim Vine. That's a Tim okay. Vine joke. So, have uh, you ever been ten pin bowling? I not for years, but it was on a whim, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, bowling. And I've got the baby now, so you try to find activities that you can go out with your friends and not look ultra creepy with a baby. So, like, what's out? 
Yeah, like you can have a baby in a pram and a temp and bowling alley and you don't look odd. But like sometimes me and my girlfriend will go to a nice restaurant and people, the baby's asleep, but people, mm. people look at you like, oh. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just fucking eat at Applebee's and Chuck E. Cheese. I How do go... they look at you when you – have you have you flown with the baby yet? I have flown with the baby, yeah. How did you feel about that? Because I feel like no one ever wants to see a gigantic person or a baby on a plane. He's, he's a good baby. He doesn't cry on planes. Oh. He, he hasn't yet. He's been on three flights and he, mm-hmm. hasn't, he hasn't cried. And there was a baby near us that was screaming and, and I sort of looked like, huh? Huh? <laughs> hey, look at how good this one is. You yeah. Know? But it, the secret is to breastfeed him while you're taking off so his ears don't pop. Oh. So for any parents out there. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> tip. So how old is the baby? He's three months old. Oh, wow. Yeah, He's yeah. brand new. He's brand spank. I'll show you some photos afterwards. He's a lovely little fella called Hank. How, uh, how is new fatherhood? It's, um, it, it is what it, it's, it, it's just trying to not let something die. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you check on it. Is it dead? No, it's not dead. There's no real parenting. I can't give it advice. You know, we're at that weird stage where now he's grabbing for things. Mm-hmm. Like in the last two days, he started picking things up of his own accord and we're like, wow. <laughs> and then we check online and we're like, yeah, that's like a week advanced. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you have a very smart baby. Yeah, yeah. We're going, yeah, we think he's pretty good. And then like there was a bit where he learned that he could throw his head around mm-hmm. and that scared us because we thought autism straight away. We went, oh, he's throwing his head around. And I, no, no, it turns out he just figured out he could do that. Mm-hmm. He did that for two days and then stopped doing it because he probably had a headache or something. Yeah. But you know, the, all these people who, who say uh, – you watch a news story and someone will say something like um, – uh, They'll go, a British nanny shake the baby. Yeah. And they'll always be standing next to someone and will go, I can't believe that someone would do that. The people who say that are people who don't have babies. <laughs> I, I could, if I was a bit, you know, stupider, I could definitely shake him. When, when, in the mm. middle of the night when you're tired and you're like, go to sleep, come on, go to sleep. And he's just not taken to it. Oh, yeah, I can shake him up. Yeah. Out of frustration? I yeah. I can see how people do it out of yeah. frustration. Because you, you're over. But I'll tell you what, having a baby. Way easier than a coke habit. How so? Well, coke habits, you're waking up all the time but with depression. It is a happy tide. Mm-hmm. It is a you go in there and you feel a sense of accomplishment when you put him to bed, when you just like do that light little shake and the thing and you sing and you can see his eyes drop down yeah. and then you go back in, you look at your girlfriend like, fucking, I'm the king, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you do it and she does and it's, 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 uh, there is a sense of accomplishment. Where a coke habit, you wake up all the time and you got a dry mouth and you're a bit depressed mm-hmm. you know i i think if you're thinking of having a baby try a coke habit first just see how it feels but you if know? you're thinking of having a coke habit ah uh, you can't go the other way yeah. social services come in yeah, don't they? yeah. They so think. have you had a coke habit i in the past not for years but mm. in london it's socially acceptable yeah <laughs> over here it doesn't feel so much but no know. but no but people i know people here who who lived there and would yeah. talk about like I feel like Spain and and Britain are the places where I hear about people just passing around a plate after dinner. Yeah, L- London, for example, in co- certain comedy clubs, if another comedian just pulled a gram of coke and started doing it on the coffee table, no one would bat an eyelid. Where here in America, you'd still have to scurry off to the bathroom to do. To I mean, do it. is it like akin to pot? Um, pot's, no, pot's still cigar- popular, but it's it's. But I mean, like the way we regard pot. 
is that how it's regarded there, or the way, is it the way we, we regard like I, cigarettes and alcohol? Like it's I, that. You, well, you guys, cigarettes are more acceptable there as well, and, and alcohol is way more acceptable yeah. here. You still get this whole stigma around. I think you've got a drinking problem. That one, right? You where, can do such a good American accent. Where, where no one ever had said I had a drinking problem in um, in the UK, mm-hmm. but it's it's. Coke over there, if you're at a party, you'd assume there'd be Coke at the party. Mm-hmm. Where over here, you'd still, even at a party, you'd probably go off to a different room. Right. Where, where people, the bathroom, probably. Yeah, people don't have any problems just pulling it out and openly saying, anyone want some Coke? You know, it's, yeah. it's completely different. Right. Um, well, America's much more healthier for me. It is. Yeah, the food's worse, but, you know, like, like in the health wise, it's better mm-hmm. tasting. But, uh, yeah, there's not, not as many drugs out here. Are you happier here? I am happier here. Yeah, yeah. I'm much happier in America. Yeah, I, I love Britain, but it was a, it was a different time in my Wh- life. When did you live there? I lived there from 23 years of age to 32 years of age. And you lived in Australia before that. I, lived in, I brought up in Australia. Left Australia when I was 23. Where in Australia? Even though I only know of uh, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Sydney. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen the opera house it's in a, a special it. episode of Facts of Life when they went down under. It went down. It's it's a beautiful city, Sydney. I, I go back there and I, I'm I'm amazed how not. If if I had a daughter, I would have called her Sydney. Mm-hmm. That was the daughter's name, but we call it Hank after after my girlfriend's dead father. And there was a weird thing because my mother was like, "What about your father?" And I'm like, "Well, he's not dead. We can't yeah. have a competition here." Right. Did that placate her? Uh, It was all right. My mother didn't like the name Hank because she thought it was too common. Is it Henry or is it Hank? Hank. That's that's just straight in. Because the the father was Dutch and his name was Henricus. Oh, and you don't want to go that Everyone called him Hank. We weren't going to call him Henricus. Mm -mm. Stuff that. What's What's your dad's name? Gary. That's Gary the producer's name. Yeah, Gary, yeah. And his middle name, my son's middle name is Lennon. Lenin. Yeah, I like the Beatles and communism. I so. was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, is it L E N I N or L E N I N? Yeah, yeah, named him after a Beatle, yeah. Right. I know, I was thinking, I just got a puppy, yeah. which is not at all the same as a baby, although I feel like I relate to a lot of what you're saying. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, I, I, all of a sudden, I have this feeling of like, just, Oh my God, the responsibility I had. I feel like I can, it's a, just a little bit, in a small way, I can understand what people with a new baby feel like because I've never felt this before, this sense of, oh my God, I, there will never be a release from this. Yeah, it's, well, it's the taking care of someone else that is reliant on you. And yes. the dog is the same thing. And, yeah. it, and it is very satisfying. It's also a pain in the ass, but it does make you feel more adult mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. But this is the thing when my girlfriend was pregnant. I wanted to get a dog, and my girlfriend told me whilst pregnant, I'm not responsible enough for a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, she, was she right, or, well, or I, have I, you proven her wrong I'll, now? I'll tell you what, we still don't have a fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd like to have one, but she says I travel too much and she'd have to take care of it, which, yeah. is, which is true. But uh, I'd like to have a dog. I think it's good for a kid to have a dog as well, teach them some type of responsibility, because I... I I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand these people who have two kids right away. I can't see myself having another kid for a long time. Yeah, I know. I, I think about that. I think you have one that's like one and a half. How are you popping out another already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to take care of each other. Well, people say to do it quick because that way, you know, it, it's also the end game of getting out of it. 
Right. Oh, right. You know, I'm 18 years away now from being free mm-hmm. again. So, yeah, so it's easier to tolerate like 20 years than 25 yeah, you or get, something. Yeah, you get 20 years in, in the cell. Right. And then you're out. <laughs> but you know, are you having that feeling I, a little bit? No, because it's it's when you're in, in 18 years when I'm in my 50s and all that type of stuff, I think I'll enjoy having the interest of – what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's not a problem and a drug addict or a whatever where I have to like actually take care of him or he's a problem. But right. it's, it's, I understand now why my parents always want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I never got him. Like, what, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you up to? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you care for? What? Yeah. You know, and I understand now. It's uh, I'm a hobby to my mother. <laughs> right. A pastime. Yeah, it's a pastime. It's it's They can't do anything. The world's boring when you're old. Yeah. And so they live vicariously through younger people. And I, I guess that's that's what what you'll what I'll do when I'm older. Oh, this makes me feel guilty for not responding to emails from my mom, which are like just three words in their question, like, how are you? How was this? How's, like exactly what yes, you're saying, I, you know? I, I get it now. It still bothers the shit out of me. Why does it bother you? Because my mum just is constantly on me. Like, what am I up to? And my mum, my mum's very – so the TV show's out at the moment, right? And it's not airing in Australia yet, mm-hmm. if at all. It might never air in Australia. But to my mother, it mustn't be a very good show if it's not airing in Australia. Right. <laughs> and, and you think, Mum, that's 20 million people. We're trying to sell it to these 330 million people in this country first. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. The Nine Network won't show it. I think it's too sweary or something. Like <laughs> you know, so I – and all – it's weird because if we get to a second season, I'll cast someone as my mother and there'll be a lot of things that she's done in the actual show and it may hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm out of ideas. I've got to write new episodes. What's your mom like? She's a big woman, mm-hmm. big, large woman who sits in a lazy boy and orders people around. It's, it's the most succinct way of saying it. Hmm. She's a she's a large-ish sort of lady who I have mocked over the years in my stand-up and uh, – I, I regret some of it. My dad's like a skinny, sort of active sort of bloke, and my mum likes chocolates. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a weird. My mum's always in and out of hospital. I think that's her happiest time is when she's in hospital. Why? Because there's people doting on her, people mm-hmm. visit her. You know, there's nurses check on her. She gets to tell the lady that's laying next door all about her sons and what they're up to, and uh-huh. that's that's old lady heaven. Yeah, you're right. I know. It's that, or sometimes they do it at a manicure place. The, I, call it, place. I call it having a mum off. It's like a da- <laughs> it's like a dance off, but it's for mums where the where the two mums sit there and they compare occupations of mm-hmm. their sons and what they're up to. And for years and years, my mum was very disappointed in what I was up to. But now I'm a relative success, so she's she's okay with it. And how how many? Uh Siblings, do you have two older brothers? And my older, bro- one of my older brothers is a very successful property developer. Does shopping centres mm-hmm. in Australia? In Australia, my other brother's a cop. So, in Australia as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so have a cop. It's a lot brother. of range. Yeah, in the Jeffries or the, the Nugent family. We're like we're like the A team. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you're Jeff Nugent, right? Is that correct? My real name is Jeff Nugent, mm-hmm. but my stage name is Jim Jeffries, and, right. and the family in legit we've called the Nugents. There's a little nod. Yes, I saw that. Why did you decide to change it? Um, I, I, w- I remember going, okay, I was Jeffrey with a G, and my first ever gig, I went on and I was introduced as Godfrey Nugent. <laughs> and I, th- I thought, we can't do this. We can't be called Godfrey Nugget. And, and Where was that? That was in Sydney. That was in Sydney. And, and then 
it's a much Nugent's a very uncommon name in Australia. Over here, because of Ted Nugent, it's it's more well known. Right. And then also, I don't want to be associated with Ted Nugent either. Yeah. He's not the guy that I want to have people <laughs> reference all the time to me. So Je- uh, Jim was my middle name, and I was thinking Jeffrey James, and then Jim Jeffries, and then it just that's that's what I've been called ever since. But I get my son's got my stage surname because I figure I'll change it one day properly. Mm-hmm. So so. I'm not married to my girlfriend, so she's got a different name. So all three of us have different names completely. It's a kind of a thing to get on planes. <laughs> I uh, bet, they're, yeah. they're like, why is this baby got a – and you're like, well, what about you? wife? We're not married. Then there's that judgment call right. that the lady behind the counter gives you. <laughs> Uh, well, do you think you guys will get married? Um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not rushing into that. Mm-hmm. I um, we 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 uh, conceived a child fairly early in our relationship, so you know, I want to see how everything pans out. But I, I, I'd like to. Yeah. Sorry. I'm pushing the microphone. Like, at you. I, I was leaning back, so hopefully my girlfriend wouldn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she doesn't listen. So I don't think she listens. But her her family are very religious, and they came when the baby was born, and, and her mother brought holy water. Oh, wow. I walk in and she's like sprinkling fucking water on the baby's head, right? And everyone looked at me because they know I'm an atheist mm-hmm. and they freaked the fuck out, right? And I said, ah, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. It's not like I'm a Muslim and you're going against my religion. Right. I don't have a religion. Do your voodoo. Enjoy yourself. Knock yeah. yourself out if you think this will help something. Just sprinkle some water on his head. Mm-hmm. And then the mother said uh, she wouldn't stay with me and Kate in the house because we were living in sin. <laughs> and I'm like, that's another incentive not to get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> oh, your mother will never stay with us. Right. Why we're not, we're not married. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, she's got me. Uh, I won't get that company. <laughs> Is your girlfriend religious? She, No. No. And, and she's in on she's on your show. She's right? in legit. She's in two episodes. She's in the first episode and the final episode. Who does she play in the first? She episode? She plays a prostitute in the first episode. That we. That's we, what I thought. Okay. We, we get to sleep with uh, the disabled guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was watching. I was watching it last night actually, and I remember you had told me, you know, how you guys met and stuff, and so yeah. I thought, I think that's her. Yes. She. A lot of characters come back in the final episode. She's back in in that one as well. Mm-hmm. But I can't give away too much what happens there. But. Uh, um, have you watched any other episodes? Gary, I, I, have. I have not had a chance to yet. I have. Gary I'm, has. He's I'm a huge behind, fan. But uh, I love that show. It's really great. My roommates and I all watch together. It's Episode great. three was sweet. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that one was pretty great. Fill so, me in. Basically, I masturbate off Billy in, uh, because he wants to have Skype sex with a girl and he doesn't want to tell her that he's disabled. And mm-hmm. it turns out really sweet, which is hard to do. Yeah. Which is I hard was just to reading. Make. I was just reading Alan... Uh, Steppenwall's reviews talking about how warm the show is. It's yeah, it's it, it's a hard job to. Uh, well, DJ, I'm actually DJ's coming bowling with us today, which will be interesting. But um, DJ plays a great disabled. DJ Qualls, yeah, yeah, he does. It, the funny thing about really DJ, good. he said to me the other day, he's lost his virginity on film seven times. <laughs> Seven times. That's funny. Every time they go, we need like a white nerdy guy who has a virgin look. DJ just rocks up. Yeah, like, there's something so uh, innocent and gangly about the way he appears. I guess he he I, he had cancer as a kid, so I think oh. that's what gives him the that sort of look. But right. you know, it's uh, he was also you wouldn't notice a Prada model. 
I did not know he that. Was, if you DJ, Although now I can totally see if, it. If you Google DJ Qualls Prada, you'll see catwalk model stuff of him in the early '90s during the heroin chic years when they mm-hmm. wanted everyone to look gaunt and all that type of stuff. Right. DJ's fucking there, strutting down <laughs> all through Italy How and funny. stuff. Did you know him before this no, show? No, he, he came into audition and uh, I just watched him in Breaking Bad that night, the night before. So I got all excited when he came in. And I think Memphis Beat had just gotten cancelled. Mm-hmm. So he was just trying to keep himself busy. And it, the thing about um, uh, you can get a good guy to play. Actors want to be disabled. Hmm. It's like a big thing yeah, in I the guess, acting I guess world. so, yeah. That's how you win awards. Right. That's how you show a bit of depth. Play disabled. They're right. all, all up for it. But I'm of the opinion now that I think DJ is the easiest job because he's just sitting there. Mm. You know, I want to see like an Oscar go to a disabled or, or mentally challenged person playing normal. Yes. That would be good. When you're watching DVD extra yes. features and there's just a guy going, when Steven Spielberg asked me, and you'd be like, oh, my God. That guy was amazing. You're right. I couldn't believe Brad Pitt was retarded all these Cause if years. They, right, because maybe they, if they feel like we're taking their jobs, yeah. then a shoe could be on the other foot. Well, you know what it's called in the disabled community when um, an able-bodied person plays disabled? They call it crip face. Like, you know, Why? you call it black face, cripple oh, face. Oh, wow. Crip face. They so call they... So there is a movement. There's a few people. For the most part, the disabled community have been twittering and supporting the show because mm-hmm. we also use another character called Rodney who is a mentally challenged um, actor and he's 4 foot 11. He's about a size 48 waist, 22 leg. And he, it's, it's hard when you go, we've got a mentally challenged guy here and a guy in a wheelchair and it's a comedy, you know. Yeah. Fucking hilarious in the second episode. By uh, the way. He comes back in at the next episode, episode five. He's in about six episodes. He wasn't even meant to be in one, but we, we love him so much. Well, So, so for uh, listeners, if they haven't seen the show, let's set up like, what it's about for them. Well, it, it all stems from a story. I grew up uh, with a friend with muscular dystrophy who's still living. And in, in real life, and I and his brother came to me once, when uh, about five years ago, and said, "Look, uh, I won't say his name, but he wants to go get laid because he's not long for this earth." And so we took him to a brothel to get him a blowjob. And then the story after that, so that's the pilot episode. But after that, it's basically we had a disabled guy moved in with us, and all the challenges of that. And there's a lot of stories from my stand-up acted out. Um, but it's it, it's very hard show to explain. Would you say that's how it is, Gary? Yeah, yeah. I don't really know how to verbalize it either because it it the first one is very much straight from your stand up, but then yeah. you guys build off of that. It yeah. See, yeah. episode four is straight from my stand up, but then like episode five is a different story. Most of it's it's sort of fifty fifty stand up and mm-hmm. and a few stories actually happened to me that we've just put in, and then other ones we've obviously just made up. And to begin with, we we sort of wanted the Billy character, the disabled, got to be in two or three episodes and. And FX loved him so much that he's in all the episodes. And now I, I can write for that character easier than I can write for myself. Mm-hmm. That's like the easy storylines is, you know, D- Billy's stuck on the toilet and this is what's happened and we're all out and we're forgotten. You know, those ones are a piece of piss to write. Um, the final episode I just watched, which you got to watch it all the way through, is the best uh, – 
The best work I've ever done. Most proud I've been of anything in my whole career, that final episode. Which uh, aspect of it are you, are you talking about most? Because well, you're writing and you're – are you directing as well? No, no, I'm not the director. The guy, the guy I co-wrote with, it, uh, Peter O'Fallon, is uh, the director of all the episodes. And but, we, we okay, wrote, but you we, write and you produce. Yeah, me and Peter wrote everything I produce and then I act. But it's – for me, it's – you know, being a, what you call an offensive comic – and then writing a show that is is sweet in parts is I, I'm very proud of because I think people see me as being uh, a bit more aggressive or jerky, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the, the, the only thing that bothers me is I'm playing a character fairly close to myself on the show. Same and, name, yeah. Yeah, same name. S- same stage name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of people are, are uh, comparing me to Danny McBride in Eastbound and Down, which is pretty offensive. Because <laughs> I don't think my character's that bad a guy mm-hmm. in the show. I think he's all right. No way. That's, yeah, that's a bad comparison. That's yeah, yeah. Up. Someone said I look like the Pillsbury Doughboy. You should wait till episode 12, 13 when catering really got to me. <laughs> I get fat as this show. I've dropped 10 of the pounds since. And not through any effort, Mm -hmm. just through not going to work. But there's fucking donut trays everywhere and dessert platters and shit. I have, I have no self control. I'm, I'm good at bringing healthy food into my house Mm -hmm. and eating healthy food in my house. But if it's there and someone's carrying a tray, I eat the fucking donut every time. Yeah. What's your favorite donut? I like, um, I like the white cream filling. On like a chocolate donut type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. My girlfriend got really into donuts um, in the last two weeks of her pregnancy. It was out of hand. She was like hoarding them. Like you'd see her in a corner with like four or five. She'd come down to the set and she'd be scared away because she was so embarrassed. But that was that was <laughs> that was. She'd go off to a private corner. Mm-hmm. I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story. I went to. Uh, I went to. Uh, I for me. Being a good dad and all that type of stuff, and and all that is is I don't I don't want to cheat on my girlfriend on the road or anything like that, mm-hmm. and I try to keep myself in check because it's easy to do that. And so I started going to SAA meetings when That's I was sex addict, sex addicts anonymous. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't do anything odd or anything, just to keep keep myself in check when I'm right. on the road. I just did it on my own accord, you know. Are, do you consider yourself a sex addict? No, I don't consider myself to be a sex addict, sex addict, but I I. If I'm drunk or something and there's a girl in a dressing room or something like that, it's the same as when a donut walks by with a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I have little to no self-control. Right. Okay. So to get – in most things in my life, I'm not very good with self-control. And so I try to keep myself in check by doing something maybe that day that mm. will remind me of a thing and not to – you know what I mean? Keep right. myself in check, right? So I, I go along to this one and I, I it's interesting, sex addicts anonymous, because you go in there because there's – you feel very good about yourself because me, I'm like, oh, I've slept with a few prostitutes, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, the guy next to you is like, I want to fuck my kid. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. You're not going to be my sponsor, yeah. right? So you're trying to keep your distance from these different people. So I go along to this, this – I go along to this meeting and it was just like five fat guys and and, the, and I was sort of sitting there going, all right. So the first guy stood up and he said, look, I try to – I try to keep it from my wife. I, 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 I just go out in the middle of the night and do it. I go I, at parties. I, fi- I find a room to go and do it by myself. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. And then I stood up and I said, well, for me, it's always been prostitutes, right? Everyone looked at me and I went, what is this? And they go, Overeaters Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, ah, oh, 
Well, that is one of my problems, but not my biggest problem. I, I, I wish you all good luck, and I just sort of slipped out. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. Because I mixed my AM, PM. It was the right room, but it was... Right. Yeah, of, because a lot of the 12-step meeting, like the different types meet in the same room. Yeah, and it's also the, the, a lot of 7 AM meetings because people want to do it before work, mm-hmm. and 7 PM because people want to do it after work. Right. So I just mixed my AM, PM up, and uh, to those overeaters, I'm sorry for interrupting your... Uh, your, your, well, now they have a good story, an, too. Overeaters Anonymous, come on, just fucking Jenny Craig it, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I go up and down with me weight, but it's it's just a matter of uh, I, I I don't know I don't know. You know, you, cigarettes are hard to give up. Drugs are hard to give up. I, I guess food's the same thing. Yeah. I watched my mother basically eat herself to death over her whole life. You know, it's 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 a toughie eating. I think that the sort of the through line with all of that is compulsive behavior. Yeah. So in in a sense, yeah, the steps can be can be applied to all of it. So did you go on to get a? a, a SA sponsor and did you do the whole thing? No, I just like to go to the meetings and stuff. I, don't, I haven't been to lots of them, I mean like three times, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, but it's it's like it's like the change of life where you want to – I just want to be a good dad mm-hmm. more than anything. More than being a good comic or anything, I want to be a good dad. And so for me to be a good dad isn't just earning enough money to support him or whatever. It's just is being a good guy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I, I want to be. Was this a concern of yours before? Uh, no. No, no, no. Not really. How bad of a guy were you? What do you mean? <laughs> no, I just, I've, I've fucked a lot of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like what, what, what were your relationships like before? I, I look, I it always, I was always the type of like I dated a girl for a couple of years and then got bored and went on to a next girl for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really thought that much about getting married or anything like that but the kids definitely a game changer for me did you have in the past did you have trouble staying faithful yes yes w- were you ever faithful um at on at, at stints mm-hmm. yeah i had i had you know six months here six months there where i was pretty good you know right or, and and stuff but it's it's it, it, i look it's harder for a guy who's on the road a lot doing what i do and if you've got any level of fame and you're on the road a lot and you're you're partying whilst being on the road and all that type of stuff. It's a it's a it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. I never was the type of bloke who had affairs. I never had two girls going at once. Right. You know, it was never like there was a just hooking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was never anything like that. But um, no, I've been pretty good of late. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm not pretty good. I've been great. <laughs> Did you uh, think that you wanted to have a kid? Uh, yeah, well, I always wanted to have a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I love children. I, um, I, I find it weird when I meet people who don't yeah. like kids. You know, when you meet these people, it's like, weren't you a kid? You know, don't you? Right. Like, there's one thing that bonds us. We were all once children, and I find it weird when, like, there's even people at my party that are like, do you want to hold the baby? And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I feel like someone who says they don't like kids, it's. That's there, there's more they're saying. They're just not saying it. I don't know what it is. It's like some sort of like, I maybe, feel like kids don't like me or I'm nervous. I'm afraid I'm going to drop your baby. Or maybe they weren't know. happy with their own childhood and they're, yeah. they're, they're worried. That, that they think. But it's it's these people that it's it's like who do get annoyed on planes. It's, it's For me, I, I never really got that upset um, sitting next to – this is funny. I got asked on TMZ the other day, would I rather sit next to a baby or a fat person? That was the only time I've ever been on TMZ, mm-hmm. and that's weird that we're talking about it again. 
That is really weird. I the answer, I, and I don't condone people's dislike of of those two. I'm just saying. Yeah, but a fat person, if if they can't have the armrest down, that is a disappointing flight. When you're like, uh, well, yeah, because then it's like, oh, frottage. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, and I hate. I don't. I'm I'm not a big fan of bratty kids either. But my anger isn't towards the child; it's towards the parents. Mm-hmm. See, I heard. I remember my mom saying the thing is that when it. Because as a little kid, the fact that my parents would get sort of agitated around a, a baby that wouldn't stop crying, I felt like, but I'm not much more than a baby. How can you not? How can you be minding this? Like, why? Why do you not? Why are you not tolerant of it? And I remember my mom explaining that once you know, when you have a kid, the sound of a baby crying like triggers your kind of mm. um, your breasts, and then Maternal, you just lactate. Yeah. yeah, not really. I mean, you just feel like you you want to go to that kid. Mm. I don't know. Maybe she was lying. Yeah, my, I I I'm of the policy with my child to let him cry it out a little bit more, to just to see if he'll stop. But my mm-hmm. my girlfriend doesn't mind. She gets straight up and just comforts him. It doesn't matter what time of night. And uh, I, you know, I, look for for the most part, I think I have a good baby in comparison to what other sounds stories like, I've told. Yeah, sounds like you do. So you so you and your girlfriend met on set. Is that on how you set? Met? Yeah, but we made the pilot like fifteen months ago. Mm-hmm. So. We have a three-month-old child, so you can do the maths. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun. You know, it, it was it was weird because my my girlfriend had had, uh, had just broken up with Nathan Fillion. Oh. Yeah. I mean, oh. <laughs> yeah. No. And oh, I, yeah. And, 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 and upgrade. I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not much of an upgrade. <laughs> sure you are. I don't know what he's like at all, but. The guy from Castle for people the who guy, are like, fire, I that The Firefly guy, yeah. 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 So that was that. I, I, much more glamorous than me, I'm sure. No. I'm, Nathan Fillion. I'm funnier. And yeah. if, you, if you look at the photos, he's fatter than I am. He's put on the <laughs> weight old Castle. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got that. I've got less hair. He's got better hair than me. But, you know, I've got my own TV show too. It might be on cable. It's- that's right. Fucking yeah. great TV show. Yeah, Castle sucks. You have way more cred. Yeah, Castle. You're more. I've never seen Castle, but I think it sucks. Do you even know what it's about? Probably. It's about. I think it's about like a billionaire crime solver. Yeah, I think he's a. Why waste time talking about that? But it's interesting though. Like he's that's... he's an author. Uh, who writes crime novels, I think. So basically, and so he, like, shadows this woman. They nick the idea from Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> he's, he's Angela Lansbury. Yeah. My girlfriend Jessica. used to go out with Angela Lansbury. Mm. Oh, there you go. That, that was the theme song to Murder, She Wrote never really fit in with the rest of the show. I am blanking out on what the theme song was. Well, I remember you see the typewriter. It was all cheery. And then like the first thing was, oh, you're cheating on me. Bullet to the head. This old bag would be wandering around. And just every time she was in some seaside resort, there'd be a fucking murder. And no one ever thought. There's a pattern to this. Wherever Angela Lansbury is, someone gets killed. You're right. You know, if, if she just stayed in New York. The elephant in the room. It was always she was on holidays and a murder was made. <laughs> um, did you always want to do a TV show? 
Um, yes, yeah, I, th- I guess so. I never really thought about it. I was pretty content with the stand-up and all that type of stuff. And I still am. I, You know, I'll never stop being a stand-up. I, my, um, you can't say I'd really like to do a TV show in the sense that it's very hard to get one, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'd written so many scripts that that had been sold and um, were about to become a pilot. I did a pilot in the UK, which sucked. And I, Why? it just wasn't good. It wasn't funny, and it mm-hmm. just it, it, the script was bastardized and rewritten a thousand times. And the cool thing about this show is this is the first the first the first show that's actually been made, and it's the closest thing out of anything I've created to being what I actually wanted it to be. So when I actually watch it, I go, "All right, cool. This is what I wanted." Mm-hmm. You know. And so even if it doesn't get renewed and it's just one season or whatever, and I won't know that for another month or so. Um, I'm proud of it, you know. And how did this come about? I went into the offices at FX and um, I went in with Peter O'Fallon, who I'd met. And Peter O'Fallon made The Riches. It was his big show mm-hmm. before that with Eddie Izzard. And he wanted to not do hour longs anymore. And he met me in a bar and he said, oh, I'd like to do half hours. And I said, all right, I got this story about me taking a friend with muscular dystrophy. And we went in the next day and I did the routine. The routine takes 35 minutes to do on stage. And if you do it conversational, it takes about 40 minutes if you're acting like it's not a routine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just told him this story and I got them all laughing. And uh, and John Langraff, the head of FX, went, all right, we'll make that. And then I went, oh, I've got other stories. Right? And my agent literally pulled me by the arm out of the room. I said, what are you doing? He goes, you just fucking won. Yeah. If you keep talking, you'll talk your way out of it, all right? And so I went, oh, thanks, everyone. And then like a month later, we were we were up in Portland making the show. We filmed the p- pilot in Portland, but the rest of it's done in Venice. Why Portland? There's a tax break mm-hmm. up there, and um, we used the camera crew and all the people from a TV show called Leverage, mm-hmm. and they were friends with Peter, and so we got them all cheap yeah. in their in their off season. That that story about almost talking yourself out of it, I can totally relate to that because I feel like I do that. Like I should stop talking at this point, but I'll add like another three paragraphs, which will somehow undermine. Like I undermine exactly. myself. Is that something you do? Exactly. I would have gone. They would have gone. All right, great. We're making it. And I go. Well, you know, that's not even that great a story. <laughs> I've got other stories that are better. And then they start thinking, actually, it's not that great a story. And yeah. then you're like, <laughs> well, yeah, because I think, see, I, I'll speak for me, but I have a feeling maybe this is for you too. Like that kind of, like, you know, real talk or humility or whatever in a not show business room yeah. comes across as just being a normal person. But I yeah. think that so much of show business is about like being. Um, authoritative and assertive, and just convi- and being persuasive, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I for now when we have the notes calls on the scripts, I just shut the fuck up, man. I just let him say things, and then I go, okay, because mm-hmm. I, I I know that 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 I'll lose other jokes if I keep talking because yeah. I'll literally go. Well, you know, I don't see why you have a problem with this joke because there's a joke that was way more offensive, <laughs> uh, and then they're like. Actually, that joke is bad. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I lost both jokes. Just yeah. shut up. Yeah. So, yeah, I just shut up. How how has the notes process been? It's all right. It's pretty good. It's just over the phone for the most part. And um, now it's just us sending in episodes and then doing fine tweaking on the edits, you know. Mm. Um, there's only been, I'd say, two or three jokes that, I, I, that I'm disappointed I lost. 
you know. But um, for the most part, you got to look at it. You can hear every comedian bitch and moan and say, yeah, I went to the network and the network executives, blah, 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 blah. The point is they've made more fucking TV shows than you have. So you got to listen to them. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't think me making my first TV show that I have all the fucking answers because I obviously don't. Can you tell us one of the jokes that didn't get in? Um, yeah, at the, at the end of the pilot, we took two takes uh, when the cop comes up to the car and he sees Billy asleep and the other guy dribbling. I played cerebral palsy. And the guy thought it was a, a car, f- car full of disabled people and he let us go because he thought that we were so happy for us to uh-huh. be driving around by ourselves. And it was funny. It was less touching. But for the pilot, I think everyone freaked the fuck out about that. Yeah, it's funny that they wouldn't – like it, to me it's like why is that so much – Oh, why is that so over the line? You know? I, it's it's when you pull the face and you go "fuck you, officer," okay, and yeah, you do all that. It. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it was really funny and it tested really good. But it was uh, we were worried that the reviewers maybe that would turn a lot of people yeah, off, and yeah. and so. But it was definitely a funnier ending. Are there things that, um, as an Offensive comic, mm. which you referred to yourself as earlier. Yeah. Um, are there things that you won't joke about? Is there anything only, off the table? Only things. The only things that I won't joke about are the things that I don't uh, that are personal to my own life that I don't want to be thinking about or remembering um, when I'm on stage. That will get me sad. You know. See, I understand that if I make a joke about AIDS, that there's people in the room that have got HIV. Or if I make a joke about cancer, there's, there's people in the room. Everyone knows someone who's died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I always find it very odd when someone comes up and goes, how dare you do that? My grandfather died of pancreatic cancer. And you're like, well, I just did a joke about AIDS as well. You know, I understand that you're upset. Um, but you have to rationalize that there's a lot of upsetting jokes in the whole show. And and it's not directed at you, and it's not you know all that type of stuff. So I don't joke. I, I'm I had someone very close to me commit suicide, so I don't really joke about suicide on stage because I just don't want to think about that. Yeah, I I uh, also someone very close to me committed suicide. This was years ago, and I remember after it because I've always been able to laugh at every yeah. everything, but after that, any suicide joke. Like I remember I. I actually, this was a joke, mm. but not really. Like, I made a little piece of paper. I was hanging out with a friend. I made a piece of paper, and I wrote suicide, joke, circle, slash. Because, like, I just couldn't. It would it would bring up all the grief again. Exactly. I could not even. And, like, like Kurt Cobain jokes are things that, tasteless jokes that, if it was something else, I, I would have laughed at, all of a sudden were, were offensive to me. Exactly. And, and But I can watch a comedian do a suicide joke, and I won't laugh because it doesn't upset me. But I, I have the power of mind that okay i reset after that joke and we we go again and Mm -hmm. i I don't discount everything because even non-offensive comedians will do jokes where you know that woman she should fucking kill herself you know they'll do some joke like that and and they'll they'll make suicide jokes in the simpsons where like homer's holding a noose just in the last one and i i think that people make fun of that very freely and it's Man, I tell you what, until you've gone through a suicide, fuck me, cancer seems like a cakewalk in my mind. Because at least you have time and you have, 
Yeah, something, something to blame. Yeah, you know, and and with suicide, you 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 everyone everyone blames themselves. Yeah, and you, no one gets to say sorry, or no one gets to say goodbye, and uh, it's it's a horrible ending. It's for me, it was just this feeling of like everything. It was like the world imploded, like everything yeah. went wrong, and people are walking around acting normal. People who don't know, yeah. and like the world is not normal anymore. Like. Oh, it's oh, it's it's it was, mortifying. Yeah, yeah, and so so that's the one thing that I personally don't joke about. But I'm not offended when other people do joke. Did you? I also for a while when people would just colloquially be like, "Oh, if that happens, I'm gonna fucking kill myself." I'd be like, "Wait, do I need to take that seriously?" Because I was so on guard yeah. because I felt like I had I had missed the signs, even though in my situation it wasn't at all like how you see on after school specials of like the person being like, "I want you to." giving mm. away things or you know i mean there there weren't really any signs and that's what freaked me out is that how could how could how could we all have missed this yeah it's it's uh it's horribly sad as as someone who i i've had depression in my life it's it's when people it bugs me to this fucking day is when people start going oh it's a coward you're a, it's a cowardly <laughs> act or it's uh, the, these people who don't believe you get into heaven. I don't believe you, anyone gets into heaven. But these people who pass such judgment, how could this person do this? They had kids. They had whatever. If you're that low, in your brain you believe that it, it's better for everyone. Yeah. And that's the horrible thing is, is that this person leaves the planet thinking the world will be better without me or my kids will have a better life. I'm such a fucking fuck up. That you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and and that is where their brain is at. They're not doing it like fuck you. They're no. not doing it in that. And and so many people think, oh, it's a cowardly thing. Not Mm-mm. cowardly. I think I think Doug Stanhope has a routine where he says, put a gun in your mouth and fire it, and see right. how see how fucking cowardly you are. Right. It's a fucking brave act to be able to do that. Yeah. Not 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 that it's a good act or something. It's not a, not a, definitely not a smart act, but it's uh, it's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a horrible thing, suicide. And and I I feel like we donate so much money to breast cancer and all that type of stuff. And I feel like suicide sort of gets the bum deal out of diseases. Yeah, I do. I think because it's it's there's this lack of understanding of the mental illness or the whatever st- the state that precedes it. It's like because people who are very removed, I hear people all the time say stuff like. Well, if that's what the person wants to do, da da da, and it's like, but it, it's not. I mean, no. my belief is it. It's not a rational decision. No, no, and it's it's definitely not what they call the easy no. way out. That's turmoil. Yeah, turmoil's fucking worse than any pain you can have in your body. So how how uh, long did it take you to uh, to get back to feeling normal? If you are, um, I he, I'm still not over that. Um, uh, but to stop blaming myself, it took two years, stop blaming myself and to, to take some time and sit back and go, okay, you know, I, I had a fight with her before she did it. I won't get into too much details. I had a fight the night before and, um, but she also, she had a lot of hard things. She'd lost her sister and she'd mm-hmm. lost, she'd lost her mother in, in, in the course of a year before and, you know, she was going through a hard time, um, you know, and a lot of people fight with people before they they do yeah. it because they, they. Yeah, well, I I had a similar thing because it's like because the per you 
for me. Like you fight with the person because they're not being themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's a it's a very. Uh, I'll tell you the one funny thing about it was I rang my mother up and I said, "Mom, I said some horrible things to her in this fight. I didn't mean any of it." And now she's dead, and and, and my mother went. Uh, you know, in life you say things you don't mean, and you regret them, and 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 that's just life. You have to move past it. And, and she was sort of making me feel better. And she goes, "I'm just so happy. I've never said anything to you, kids, or your or your father that I regret." And I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you doing to the general public? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? These are the acceptable things." Yeah, you said to me six months ago. I want you to know that when I'm dead, in many ways, you've been a huge disappointment to oh me. Oh my god. That's what she said during the fight. And I said, you have nothing that you regret saying to me ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, you guys. It's me, Allison. You know, from before. Don't forget to download part two bright and early on Thursday. I love you. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Digital.